Hi, my name is Sean Chaler. That is my esteemed host and objective geek of YouTube and Twitter fame. That was that sounded funky. That whole sentence came out wrong. But you know who we are. That's the objective geek, aka Chris Ford, and I'm Sean Chaler, and this is Avatar The Last Podcasters, because it always is. And I don't imagine that anyone is listening to just this episode and has not listened to any other episode. Uh, I mean, everybody's got a first episode, I guess. I'm making zero nope, this sense. Is, this is their first. This, I'm there's not a, making any sense famous, at all. There's a famous comic quote. I forget who it's from. Maybe it's from Stanley. Let's just say it's from Stanley. Might be from Stanley. Um, that that as an editor, you have to treat every issue of a comic as if it's somebody's first. You got to like hook them and, and stuff. You can't like assume that people have been along for the ride and stuff. So make every podcast episode the best you can make it in journalism they always said write everything as if you're speaking to a fifth grader and so i thought like a me fifth grader or a normal <laughs> like intelligent fifth grader because it's a big difference that's all i'm saying but uh no that makes sense yeah every podcast we're just gonna recap the entire thing like listen here's what you missed in the past 85 episodes went something like this let's concise um Comic books, it makes sense, right? Because issues coming out even monthly or quarterly sometimes, and you need to uh, you need to be able to pick up any one of those and still get a story, right? That yeah. makes that makes sense to me. Just like you need to be able to pick up any episode. You know what? I take that back. Cora is not very friendly to just picking <laughs> up an episode. I'm gonna say at this point in Cora, where we are right now, that, oh gosh, uh, that Avatar is almost unequivocally friendlier to pick up just about any episode. Sure, there's going to be some one-offs, some, some what do you call it, exceptions to the rule. But if you pick up Cora, like, right here, right now, you're going to be like, this I, This does not stand alone very well whatsoever. That's Maybe that's... A, I don't know if that's good or bad. That's probably neither good nor bad. Yeah, yeah it just depends. How are you doing this week, Chris? I notice you're in a different room today. Uh, no, I mean, it's the same room... It's just my oh, that's right. Sorry, I was thinking ahead. I'm dumb. No. I was thinking you're in the new house, the empty shells, but you just told me like five minutes ago <laughs> that you were not. So, uh, I'll, wow, I'm yeah, off today. It'll be, it'll be another three weeks before I move into the new house. Um, but uh, oh, uh, this episode, the last episode was brought to you by recliners. I'm bringing this episode office chairs, so you'll see me. Uh, rotating here, well, not complete rotation, spinning. I'm rocking a little bit here and there. He's rolling. It's oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, <that's> but, <laughs> but no, my week, is, my week is fine. Um, my house is on the market now, so I've got a lot of showings, a lot of strangers in my home. I can just spray disinfectant spray right when I walked in. And <laughs> but you do the uh, Lysol, yeah. make it all smell like grandma's bathroom, bring back memories. Yeah, but uh, oh, other thing I've been doing watching. Uh, I watched the uh, Fresh Prince reunion, which was a really good reunion. Like I don't think there's any other show that ever have a better reunion episode than that one. Like it makes you laugh, makes you cry, it makes you uh, you think about life. Like hey, you can't be holding grudges. It um, and the thing about that they do the cast of Fresh Prince is that watching the reunion. I feel like as I feel like you're you're part of the conversation. Like you're just sitting on the couch with them, and just reminiscing about stuff. Um, I don't think that many reunions would be like that. 
like I was thinking like, oh, what if Avatar had a reunion? And it would not be that great, <laughs> honestly. Like, there's something about I don't I don't consider them like a as much I don't consider that cast as much as like a, a family. One thing a lot of them would do, uh, like Zachary Taylor, I forgot his name, Voice of Aang, he would do a lot of his voice work outside of everyone else. Um, it's just different. It's a different mindset. I would like to see a reunion between like the writers and creators behind Avatar, like Brian Konietzko. Well, Brian Konietzko and Michael Demartino are really tight. Like they're always tight. Um, but I just see them talk to Aaron Ehas. Like there's there's some weird like fan beef <laughs> that is probably just huge speculation that Aaron Ehas and and the Avatar creators don't like get along. I think just, that stems just because from... they're not like Brian Michael buddies doesn't mean they don't get along <laughs> yeah. like perfectly professionally. You know, it's fine. I think I feel like I feel like John Carlo Volpe is in the middle there. <laughs> He's the middle because <laughs> he John Carlo Volpe is a co. I don't know if he considers a co-creator of Dragon Prince, um, which is Aaron E. Haas's creation. He he's definitely was in on it from the uh, opening stages of development and stuff like that. Um, but also he was instrumental and he's a director for for um, Avatar Last Airbender. He didn't work on Legend of Korra, but a lot of the, some Legend of Korra haters would would just come, always say like, oh, Aaron Ehas was the, was the main driver behind the success of Avatar. And I don't want to belittle his contributions because they're great, but I also want to be like, hey, Legend of Korra is amazing. Um, I'll also just say that Legend of Korra is a higher to me it's a higher tier than the dragon prince and i love the dragon prince you can go and see my reviews on it um <laughs> but i would say we're higher on the dragon prince than most here in this podcast yeah um it's a, i would love to see just a an avatar creators reunion just them continue to talk about the process um i want, I want them to talk about like their biggest fights or the biggest disagreements um, no, because you have Brian... to write the Great Divide. No, I'm not writing that shit. You gotta write that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's gotta do it, and then John Carlo Volpe, the middleman. Well, he, he, dir- he directed it. He, he probably was like, oh, "Wow, what the heck is this? This is but, awful. Like, who who wrote this?" <laughs> he's, he's like getting. He's like, you know what? There's. I see where they're going at the end with the valuable lesson. You know, I I get it. And then he gets to the end. He's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But, uh, this is totally off topic, but um, I saw a meme the other day that was like, uh, it was like me watching, was it me watching Up or Pixar people pitching the movie Up? And it's like, and they build this this great house and they build it up and then, and it's like, all right, go on. And then he fills the house with balloons and goes on all these great adventures. And it's like, all right, so where's she during all these adventures? And it's like silence. <laughs> Where is she? Like on on the adventures, <laughs> <It's just sad>. <laughs> <laughs> it made me really sad. That is a that is the that movie for me is like the greatest dichotomy between the most emotionally moving like first fifteen minutes and then like another hour of movie that is whatever. It's fine, I guess. Yeah. It's very mediocre, but um. Anyway, yeah. I the for what it's worth, we we touched on it a couple times here, and I just got to shoot in that. The farther and farther we get into Korra, the less and less that I feel like the two even need to be compared. Because as today's episode, or episodes, if you're watching live, will demonstrate, 
They, I, I don't know that they can compare. We were just talking uh-huh. about two different styles of show. I suddenly can't hear you. Can you hear me? It's very sudden. I can. Oh, there we go. I can hear you. Okay. Um. So I think Chris is talking to his wife, and that's totally okay. Uh. But in these two episodes here, or the last, let's say like the last four or five episodes of Korra, and I already mentioned too that Korra is far more serial. It is far harder to jump into one episode at a time. Uh, We've touched upon that it's heavier source material. It's like more real source material. And uh, just the farther and farther we get into Korra, the less and less I feel like they're going to be compared and that was my two-minute spiel to cover time when Chris was unavailable to speak. All you missed was called, me, me I called, validating. I most of okay, great, great. I won't even repeat it then. What I'm, I'm just building up to an anticlimax when someday they're like, all right, guys, so which one's better? And you might say something, and I'm just like, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> just just preemptively warning people. But, well, hey, uh, with, that, with that note, I... Unless you got anything else you need to plug, any videos or what have you. Otherwise, we can jump into the episode. Nah. You're busy right now. You're too busy for videos. I'll, uh, <laughs> not a plug. I've been watching Scrubs, and I will admit that I like Scrubs more. I'm going to say far more than I thought that I could. Um, and I mentioned before, I've, and... I've probably watched most of Scrubs out of sequence scattered. Like, almost yeah. every episode I've seen has not been a new thing. But, like, watching it contiguously as it was intended... And I like it far more than I thought I might. It's not. What ex- season are you on? Uh, just two right now. Just two. Probably okay. midway through. Yeah, two. I think it gets. It. I think it. The thing is, the show kind of. Some characters change. Um, I think it gets better. I think season three is a great season, and then four and six and seven is great, and then eight. Actually, everything is great until I think they. Uh, <laughs> They 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 had a finale and then they came back and then that season's not that great. That but. that sounds like a money situation where it should have just died and that happens. That's not yeah. just Scrubs, but yeah. Anyway, well, I love it. and and there in his in the creator's defense, Bill Lawrence, he really wanted to create just a, a new kind of show with a new cast, and uh, they're like, "Well, no, just do just bring in these you other people." You already have this thing. The same going. people. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a just a money or or branding type thing in that case. So, yeah, yeah that's too bad. Right. That's too bad. And you know what? I I looked because I was curious. And Bill Lawrence hasn't done anything else like Scrubs, at least that I was aware of or that was popular enough for me um, to be familiar with. Uh, he did nothing Cougar else Town? like Scrubs. Didn't... Cougar Town. I don't nothing. watch it personally, but I know okay. it had some level of success. Yeah, I think it was on for like five years. Four, five years. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it was a good sitcom, run. Uh, he recently did um, Ted Lasso. That I saw uh, that. I, I wasn't which, familiar which with I that hear, Which I hear is really good. I'm about to get an Apple seven-day trial just to watch it and then cancel it because I don't – there's nothing on Apple TV. Um, Apple products. <laughs> gross. Am I right? Ugh. But uh, so, Ted, you know, you know the concept of Ted Lasso, right? It's like no, an I, American – I'm not familiar okay. at all. It's, it's Jason Sudeikis. Um, he is a American football coach. And for some reason, it all started off as a skit for NBC football. Is that a, <laughs> it's turning it into a show that's a real thing? 
It's like an yeah, SNL and, caliber skit at best. But I hear amazing things about the show by like some of Hollywood's like biggest or like brightest people are like Ted Lasso and also just regular people. Like just Ted, Ted Lasso is amazingly good, apparently. I'm a having comedy. a really hard time believing that. I will if you tell me it's good and I will believe you, but uh, it was a good skit. And I didn't know that's what it was. That's not a show. <laughs> About the oh. yeah, so so for those who don't know, it's about an American football coach who goes and coaches like football in England, <laughs> and and it's, it's just a different thing. It's like, all right, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna like sometimes they'll have them in interviews and stuff. Like we're gonna play until there's a winner or a loser. There can be ties. Okay, I I guess there can be ties. <laughs> and then well, the thing is there can at be the ties end of the skit, he gets fired. I think even. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There can also be ties. Or no. You know, it's funny he says that about football, and yet every year in the NFL, somebody ties, and they just adamantly refuse to change that stupid it's, piece uh, of crap so rule. How? Ah, uh, can't know. Different podcast. It's not the day. It's not the day. It pisses me off so much. Um. Anyway, thanks for recommending Scrubs. I'm glad I'm actually watching it continuously. Wife loves it. I love it. It's not like, it's not a community tier for me, but as far as sitting down and enjoying a sitcom basically every day with some dinner. We love it. You would probably like community. Community's a little bit more wacky, community, which is weird well, to say because Scrubs can get really <laughs> wacky. Scrubs is out there, time. but I'm, like, I still maintain that seasons one and two of Community are probably my two favorite seasons. Not best, not trying to tell other people they're best, but my two favorite <laughs> seasons of television is Community one and two. I don't it's even not, think it's, it's that close. It's, at this it's point. Yeah, but okay. Well, that's all I got to say about that. Let's talk about let's talk about this episode of this excellent TV show, because uh, things are things are getting crazy in here. This is a very dramatic episode. I'm excited to talk about it. Yes, out of the past. Um, so where we pick up one thing, just the way this episode opens up with like chorus legs just levitating and being pushed. It's creepy. It's, it's a creepy like the way. They shape blood bending in in this universe, specifically in Legend of Korra, because in Avatar, it's just like, oh, there's only two bloodbenders, and it wasn't like a big deal. But the way that they make bloodbenders seem almost like monstrous, like like as if, um, which I'll get more into it in, in a little bit, um, as if it's just uh, an evil art, like it's dark magic. In almost. <laughs> In ATLA, it was like a taboo hobby at best. Taboo <laughs> hobby. Yeah. Somebody dabbled in something. Yeah. Um, so, Tarlock locks up uh, Cora, which is one thing. It's weird. He already had like a a, a, a locker for for to hold people. I guess he maybe he, I don't know. Just weird. Tarlock's into some weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I'm going to need this someday. I'm going to leave this here. Yeah. It's handed my, down to him. In my, in my secret cabin in the snowy woods. That. <laughs> I didn't actually. So like having the, the human, like a porta potty without the potty that was made of. Uh, I don't remember what it was made of. Me- made of metal. Metal. But then I guess Cora can't metal bend. That didn't occur no, to me just now. Okay. 
But it's like, yeah, then you have this in like your weekend getaway spot. That starts to look a little more creepy, man. What are you doing up there? Yeah. Um. Anyway, so Cora being stuck. Oh, one thing I love about this story-wise is that Cora, up to a certain point in the season, has been like, I'm gonna punch my way through problems. <laughs> like I have insecurities, I'm gonna try and punch my way through it, and she's stuck. In a box, and she's first she's banging on it and everything, and then she comes to realization like I can't punch my way through this. Let me just sit and, and meditate and, and be calm. And it's a, it's a great um, correlation to just Cora's overall growth this season, and you really see that growth in, in these episodes. She's not that gun ho like I'm gonna take out um, Tarlock and stuff. Like you know, the best thing for me to do right now is not to be aggressive, not to use aggression just to sit and, and meditate and think about um, what I can do. I like that it, the scenario is forced upon her because it does not seem like something that she would organically want to do. So I like that yeah. it's forced on her. Yeah. So then Cora starts having some visions and this is when I just started nerding out <laughs> as a, it's, it'll be really interesting to, to, I, I think, Season one of Legend of Korra gets kind of worse with every viewing. And that's not uh, a bad thing on it. It's just that there's so much, I think, um, wow factor, or, or that's not the word I'm looking for. There's so much the twist surprises, is so important, maybe twists, to the things like that, um, that, that really hit you. It's still amazing uh, season. It's just my hype for it. Uh, it was just so great the first time I watched it. <laughs> and so in this episode in particular, because you're like, holy crap, it's Aang. And so we'll just go through the flashbacks because we should pretty much list, uh, watches them and envisions them. And uh, so first she sees Aang talking with Toph, which is great. It's, it's adorable. It's, yeah. It's, you know, they're, they uh, set it up like, Aang, why are you here? And he's like, well, they're, they go to arrest uh, Yukon, who's who's a mob boss. And you get that sense that he's a mob boss pretty quickly on. I mean, he's voiced by Clancy Brown, who voiced um, Long Fei and uh, Avatar Last Airbender. And he also voiced Les Luthor, for those DC fans out there. Nice. Um, and Clancy Brown usually always... Oh, also he voiced mm-hmm. Mr. Krabs, if anyone wants to know that. <laughs> <laughs> those two things make sense. Uh, um, and... Uh, and eventually it gets to the point where they, they take him to trial. Um, they, they pretty much accuse him of being a bloodbender. And, oh yeah, and go back, Toph calling Aang Tunga Toes, and he's like, I'm 40 years old. How about you stop it with the nicknames? Pray not. So so tough. Um, so you love seeing, seeing that. And then they're in the courtroom and uh, and pretty much the, the gist is the people are accusing uh, Cone is, is accused of strong arming, pretty much owning Republic City through uh, bloodbending. But the way the but all his bloodbending, all his witnesses say he's done it during time there wasn't no full moon, which I think is interesting because specifically like, during times when there was no yeah. moon, like not during the full moon, yeah. I kind of just like seeing an actual. I like seeing the Avatar world uh, grow into like a new 
have a have a actual justice system. Yeah, but <laughs> right. uh, but it's there's and it gets to me every time. And in the past few episodes, there's a few instances I've already touched on. I don't know how the American court system works. I don't know how it works. I also don't know that it it's probably got some serious flaws. What I do know is that if you have a I'm spect- sure if you I'm, I'm quite positive. <laughs> I just don't feel liberated to say it because I don't know anything about it. I have never once been called to jury duty. I have zero experience. But what I do want to say is that if you have a bloodbender who has been on trial repeatedly and now you are accusing him of being a bloodbender, is it not fair to shackle his hands? They did shackle his hands. Is it not fair to what how like did they? Yeah. How did he get out? Because, I did not see this part. So, um so when uh after Sokka um uh, says that Yukon is one of these um unique benders. Because uh, <laughs> he brings invested a, a man with a... my trusty boomerang who could combust or could firebend out of his head. Yeah. Um I love that. It was a cute moment, yeah. Made the nice comment uh, towards top. Well, one cute. thing I feel like it's I feel like it's Sokka bragging on himself too much. <laughs> but then, not like but then he just... deflected. Then he deflected to top. So yeah. it was a nice no, there's a balance to it, but he made it seem like it's mano y mano. It's just him and combustion man. He threw his boomerang and, his, and through his trusty boomerang, he bested the man. He, like, he summarized. Him. Was, I would have like, thrown that the man also was, had a sick metal claw, but that's just me personally. <laughs> it was all of Team Avatar. <laughs> I just, I, I just think though that if I've got a known bloodbender and I've also got okay, right, uh, okay, me, maybe me, the greatest okay. earthbender in the world in the room, just incapacitate his hands and his feet. Okay, I so think his, that he, when people go into the justice system into court, they are oftentimes still uh, in in cuffs of some type. Uh, he was but, still he was still in cuffs. Uh, so what happens was when when Sokka found him guilty, he can psychic bend. Right, so like you know how King Bumi can bend without using his arms. Yeah, Amon. The only three people we've ever seen to be able to like psychic bend, meaning they don't have to actually do physical movements; they can just do it with their brain. Is Amon, uh, Yakone, and uh, Bumi. Um, and and so when he does, when he founds guilty, like Yakone just does a look, and then everyone just starts flailing and, and getting blood bended and then at one point he 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 lifts up Toph because she has the keys and he brings her to him and then she the he makes part. him Dang. unlock the thing and then he he's now free i you know what i i think uh just do the thing that ang does to him later in the avatar state where he just pin him up in the pillar uh, just like Korra should have done last episode to Tarlock, you just pin him up in a pillar so he can see his head. So even if he can psychic bend, he'd have to psychic bend your bending to get himself out of this pillar. And that sounds I think, wild. I think they don't know a lot of these things. Like you're, you're in it from the view of the audience that you know everything. They I don't... know, but I just want people to use it. I st- I feel that earth bending would be so overpowered if people would use it as cruelly and as horribly as I would want them to use it to suppress bad guys. <laughs> But only bad guys, only for the the powers of good, because that's how life works. But, and things only go but, that way. But that's the thing: if it, if their justice system is like ours, you know, it's innocent until proven guilty. Um, which, which 
is the appearance that it's trying to give off, I presume. Yeah, I, I did too. I mean, because just in just the way that uh, uh, Yukon's lawyer was saying it, all right, in, in U.S. legal system, you just have to have a shadow of a doubt that, that this person I did see uh, 12 angry innocent. men. That's the extent of my <laughs> judicial knowledge. All right, like you, you can only beyond a reasonable doubt that's what it takes to find someone uh, guilty. And so the way his lawyer sets it up is like he, he puts doubt into the counsel's mind of like, hey, he's, they, the witnesses say he's bloodbended, but only during times that it's not a full moon. There's doubt there. And if you can implant enough doubt into a jury, this isn't a jury. And so if, if this was a jury, he could probably get him off. Which, Honestly. It, well, and it implies that he has escaped the justice system before. So even without the jury, like he's, uh, yeah. it does, it says in there somewhere that they've had him like previous times, and he's going to get out again. Or he makes some comment, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, this, there's no jury here. Just the the council of people who hate Yakon, justifiably, to be fair. Yeah. Um, oh, so to finish off the keys. Um, backstory, the the vision. Aang, uh, Yukon, Bloodbends the whole place. Aang gets up going to Avatar State, which I was like, yeah, and gets on an air scooter, which is freaking huge now, um, which just looks cool. And Aang takes out Yukon. And then he he gets his wagon, and then Yukon Bloodbends him. And just the way the Aang's body is contorting, it is kind of hard to watch like and you hear his muscles twist and, and turn uh which is yeah he, but he it comes was, out it, it's it's his own fault he comes out of the avatar state too soon before he has him totally subdued and stuff i'm like Aang, I, I, I will blame Aang for that one like that you're up against a bloodbender who and, bested uh, you in the whole room already when you stay in the avatar state till you got his ass wrapped up stop messing around you're making me very angry um so then Icon is like all right i'm I'm gonna kill you now (laughs) pretty much and then because of that ang instinctively goes to the avatar state and uh avatar state is the ultimate power up because to me the reason why certain people can break blood bending holds is because their chi is just too over it's too overwhelming um, <clears throat> I mean, we've only seen like a couple people break blood bending holes before, and so when the Avatar goes into Avatar state, it's just an influx of a major force of chi, and it's just too overwhelming, it's too powerful. Um, and and so then A takes away his bending, uh, which is uh, uh maybe it's just a band aid, you know? Hey, Aang, maybe uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into that a little bit. That's true. That's even uh, even next episode. We don't. We probably won't. that's gonna yeah. be last last two finale episodes. But uh, Aang does do pretty sick maneuver when he goes back into the Avatar state to get Yukon wrapped up. It's kind of sick, and then he does use the pillar as as suggested, and <laughs> takes away his bending, and it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, on the flip side of that, Tarlock is trying to concoct a a. Uh... A lie <laughs> that Eagle has attacked them 
And uh, he had to like electrocute himself and everything, which it won't be the last time he electrocutes him or uses the glove to hurt himself. I did think um, that, uh, I mean, I'm presuming that he became conscious again before people got there, but like he put on the glove to electrocute himself. But like, what if somebody had walked in and he was still unconscious and wearing a glove? That's a lot of risk yeah. to put on that one part of the plan. Like, yeah, oh, like I was how... just, just trying it on, you know, yeah. I don't know. It's... I think he was strong enough not to get going conscious. Not to, so he just had to like create the physical yeah. injury here. I I can believe but, that. I just thought like, what if you pass out and you're just wearing that glove? That's, yeah, but still, he would have risked. going to be a bad look himself. For you. He would have risked himself going unconscious because people have gone unconscious getting zapped by the glove. Uh, unless he's practiced a lot, maybe he has. He's a weird guy. I'm not going to put a pass yeah. him. Weird guy got a cabin in the woods with. <laughs> with a with, metal porta potty in his basement that doesn't have a potty yeah. in it. Ah, the next episode's the no. That's this episode is the potty joke episode. When Bolin's in the that's this episode, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, I'll, I won't jump too far ahead then. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he he makes it a lie, and then Lynn feeling like somewhat defeated because her her men uh, was captured by Amon. You know, she well, yeah, I love how she gets up and puts on her armor and stuff. This is very like Batman to me, right? Tears like off Batman the opening up. Oh, it is pretty yeah. sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's like got the even the scanner, it's kind of Batman esque in a way, you know. She's listening, uh, yeah. she's listening to the news, and that's what, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so she breaks, she, she just breaks out Bolin and Mako, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Bolin has to pee <laughs> and. He can't because Mako's listening on. And then they, <laughs> then they, Lynn breaks them out, and then they they come out. One thing, everyone's like in the cell while Bolin is trying to pee. <laughs> Asami is like right behind him hugging Mako. Yeah, kissing on and stuff. In. Yeah, and then as they walk out, just that Lynn just your fly was down. Like, <laughs> one thing, and he turns red, and I think he turns red for a couple reasons. Pain. One, that's that's. Well, I don't think he's in pain because I think she's precise enough that it didn't catch anything. Okay, that's it fair. didn't catch anything. That's right. Uh, but one thing that's it. I don't want to. Lynn is how do, older. How do I? How do I say? It? It's not sexual. Um, I would maybe it's just, like it's harassment that could you know it uh, involves yeah. sexual parts of nature. So yeah, it's harassment yeah. in a way. Um, she's trying to help, but she yeah. could just point it out and then. You're hey, Lynn, Lynn, Lynn got stuff to do. Like, no time for that. I laughed harder at this moment than I probably did at any other point in the Legend of Korra series so far. And it's it's not out of place. It's very welcome in this episode because this episode is otherwise not funny at all. Um, yeah, it's not that funny episode. It's a pretty serious. Um, episode. Yeah. So then, uh, Mako is is pretty bent on finding Korra, and Asami notices, and then they um, oh, let's see, yeah, they, they keep searching for Korra. And uh, and they get to an equalist base where I mean Bolin pretty much tells Asami that Mako and Bolin kissed, and there's 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 this doubt growing in in Asami I think, and I feel like they were 
maybe about to turn like I think they were doing a misdirection here because I think they're they were setting up for her to be a bad guy, which originally early on in development she they were gonna set her up Don't break to, hair like this. to be a to be a bad guy. <laughs> my heart can't take that. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm really glad you managed to get the microphone away. I was like, oh he's gonna sneeze right at the microphone. That ain't gonna help anybody. <laughs> It just accidentally dropped. Honestly. No, that was that was actually a great a great little maneuver. Um, yeah. yeah, don't don't hurt my heart like that. Having a bad asami, that would be too much for me to handle. Yeah, I'm glad they uh, they didn't go that route. She's yeah. such a tremendous good character. Yeah, and, but uh, yeah, so uh, she's starting to suspect, and she gets it out of Bolin that they kissed. Um, yep. and. I'm going to get my my episodes mixed up here together, but I do like when the fight actually breaks out, but that might be next episode when they're just I think it's kind of next episode. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so then they get to that place and they find Lin's uh, men and Amon has equalized them and there's a pretty good little fight chase scene here. Um, but course not there. Mako like threatens to... <laughs> Hurt, he interrogates this guy. He's like, We didn't kidnap Cora. Like, that's all a lie. There's no equalist there. And it's a little, I think it's a little weak, weak writing here that Tenzin immediately went to Tarlock is lying, which, no, never mind. I, I buy it because Tarlock is the one who said equal was there. And they can, they can probably tell that the guy's telling the truth because he seems kind of truthful in this moment. And so, if no equal was there, that means Tarlock was lying, which means Tarlock was setting stuff up. So, I would say that I, that guy didn't have much motivation to lie. So yeah. it is weird that, that Tenzin like sort of jumped to that guy, like to believe that guy so fast, but A, we already knew he already knew that Tarlock was shady. Um or had his suspicions. That is true. He, he already had some distrust of, me, of Tarlock. Yeah, I don't think that guy has any reason to lie like that. Like worst case scenario, he's like, No, we don't have her here, stupid. Why would we keep her here? But like he has no reason to give that specific of information to drive it back at Tarlock, that's not going to help the end game. At least I don't, you could manufacture something I'm sure, but yeah. I, I get it. It's good. Sorry. For that, y'all. Um, so they go back to Tarlock and they go back to the city council and they confront Tarlock and uh, they're like, Tarlock, we know who we know what you are. He's like, what are you talking about? And so on and so on. So, so you have Cora, where is she? And then, He's, he's like lying about it until the little assistant person is like um, the strange no, he, he old took... assistant with the very young person voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, which uh, I do believe this character is like the first um, sorry if I uh, non-binary character in the show. Big, uh, Brian Kaniska I believe I said before that even though it's a minor character I said before like yeah, this person has no, uh, um, doesn't re-identify as 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 a man or a woman. Uh, uh, I think I think we validated that last time, even or the first episode. Um, that the oh, maybe we did. Yeah. I think we did, but I just I get uh, thrown off by like it looks like an older person. It's got gray hair and like older features, <laughs> but then the voice comes out. You're like, that ain't right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, 
she she said i'm sorry uh they they say that um he that tarlock kidnapped cora and then lynn is like well, why didn't you tell us this before and then uh they're like because i was scared because he's a bloodbender and i love how they just paint how monstrous bloodbenders are it's almost like saying like he's a vampire or he's a monster like this is this is a Hey, blood vampires will be bloodbenders. Anyway, um, <laughs> they do um, they do a really good job of like building up uh, a lot of bloodbender feel without a whole lot of bloodbender yeah. lore to work with. Yeah, but it's just really interesting. I can't think of another like instance where they where there's something just so taboo that it's almost that, that it's borderline evil. I'm going to say like um, only strange fire nation customs that are at, uh, uh, what do you call it? Revered with a whole lot of respect that are broken. And that's about the, the severity. Yeah. Um, I would, what was I thinking about? Um, I would, uh, love to see, like, I feel like there's going to be more and more unique benders. And I'm really interested to get into like the world of, of avatar and going through, and and just finding out in future stories like what the next group of unique benders are going to be, uh, what's going to be their special power, how are they going to advance the bending principles again? I want to say, uh, you know, if it moves on from like lightning into electricity or something like that, right? Get some electric benders. Yeah, I could, I could see. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of people have talked about sound with with like airbenders and stuff airbenders okay. do have that like a, a a good sense of the atmosphere uh, which is really interesting which is why they always can kind of um, um have like the weird premonition <laughs> um or precog precognition of, of like attacks coming at them and things like that i wonder uh so you know, if if like lightning or electricity was somehow the the sort of the next evolution of fire, and then air bending to sound bending, it's like I wonder what that is for earth. But earth bending, maybe that already kind of gets it with the metal bending. Yeah, with seismic sense. I, I and inside, and then what's water bending? Blood bending. Well, okay, yeah. So we need some love for the airbenders to get something unique oh, yeah. and different. Oh, they they pretty much just have. Oh, they have flight. Yeah, um, I mean they can fly, but that's. Enough. For that's really unique <laughs> temporary at least uh, oh no i mean like like uh zahir has like, the power of flight uh you know well and i forget all that stuff quite frankly oh, everything okay. beyond uh, season a... totally even this in <laughs> this good? episode as a or a, uh in the next two to three episodes so i remembered uh you know what tarlac was going to turn out to be and who the bad guy is going to turn out to be but in my head I forgot like the connection between them. So even just going back and watching through this, like that part caught me yeah. off guard. I was like, Oh, I thought they were in cahoots the whole time or what have you. So I don't want to spoil that part too much. Yeah. Anyway, we can uh, fast forward. So Tarlock takes them all out and then he goes back to, to Quarz. We're just like, all right, I'm going to take you with me. You're going to be my hostage. And then he goes upstairs and Amon is waiting there for him, which so it's really interesting, all right? Because the way this episode is, is that it took Tarlock up 
a notch in like evil villainy, right? Because like, oh, he's a, he's a bloodbender, and, and they make bloodbending seem so terrible. Especially the last two episodes, I've done that. And you're like, he's he's must be unstoppable. He, I mean, he's taken out Korra. He's taken out half a dozen of the powerful benders, and then and then Amon is there, and he's like, you fool, you never faced a bender like me. And you're like, holy crap, what's going to happen between these two? And he takes out Amon's like we henchman, and then Amon just keeps walking towards he, him. And so this like a builds hitch in his step a little bit, and then he just powers yeah. through it. Yeah. And so oh, this builds sick. the, which is why I say watching Legend Core the, the first time is so good because this builds the the legend of Amon. Like, what is this man like? He can with, withstand blood bending. Like only the Avatar has been able to do that with. In, in the, in Avatar, the state. Avatar state, <laughs> no less, is what it took. Yeah, yeah, I can see how that initial tension just threw the roof. I kind of wish I could go back and <laughs> and refeel that. I was in Topeka at the time. It was like 2013, but my memory is not that good either. So, uh, and then, <laughs> and then even the thing is, is that now Tarlock is like, what, 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 what are you? And he's like, I am the solution. Like it's 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 uh, it's it's so good. So uh, and then he takes away his bending, and then there's a really interesting tidbit here from the uh, commentary. And then Amon grabs him and he says, "I'll take care of Tarlock. You guys handle the Avatar." And so in the commentary, I believe it's Brian or Michael, whatever. Um, I feel like they're one and the same person. They're a fusion of each other. Right, said. Yeah, um, they're like when when Amon says I'll take care of him, he doesn't mean like oh I'll take care of him. He means like I'll take care of him because that's his younger brother. Like he still loves his younger brother. He loved his younger brother when he left him, um, and so he's really checking in on him, even though he took away his bending. Well, and they're kind of fighting for a similar ish cause just from super duper different angles, which they allude to again in the next episode or two, I think next one. Uh, but they're sort of going after the same thing. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, uh we do get oh. the core escape in this episode. Yes. Yes. So they, sorry, they're all running uh, together they, for me here. Yeah. They electrocute the cage and Cora is smart enough People talk about Korra's dumb sometimes, but I think she's just as smart as Aang, especially practical-wise. She hangs above and and fakes that she got Uses, electrocuted uh, and knocked out. Clothes or a belt or something so that she's hanging away yeah, from the metal her. from here. And it's uh, yeah. perfect because just yesterday on, on Poke Malarkey, we watched the episode of Lieutenant Surge where Pikachu balances up on his tail so that it's got oh, yeah. it grounded. And I was just like, this is not an important thing at all, but it's a fun parallel that I had to bring up. <laughs> uh, oh, crap. Pikachu. My son is Pikachu, clever genius. Uh, what I a must empty, play music. What an empty, empty basement. Um, so, Cora hangs up on there, and then she pretends to be zapped when they open up the door. She pretends to be unconscious. And then, just sick little spinneroonie. She does like a Zuko firebending spinneroonie to, uh, to get the bad guys away. And then she does manage to escape outside, and Amon's kind of in pursuit for a minute, 
but then she essentially just starts snowboarding down this mountainside, and he does not continue pursuit. And I believe that's the end of this episode. Yeah, and that um, in that case, uh, they're saying that Cora was like just outside of Amon's like blood bendy reach, which is why he couldn't uh, get to her. And then after that, he just didn't want to. Uh, he didn't want to show his hand that he was a, a bloodbender. Well, I don't think, yeah, I don't think he's going to, like, risk trying to chase her down that mountain either. Like, I guess he's a waterbender, so he probably could have made it. I, I keep thinking bloodbender is like, no, he could bend other things, too. So maybe he could have, but no, it just wasn't the time. He, he's yeah. got it planned out. He's got it. Uh, but I think that Cora getting down the mountainside, I think, think is the end of that episode or do we get baby born in this episode uh no that's pretty much it naga finds him finds her and uh gets her back and team avatar finds Korra. mako pretty much is like oh so so glad we found you i also worry about you this is probably the best like mako Korra moment like for those makoro shippers makora shippers mako makora Makora shippers. People are just into that because they're both attractive. That's it. That's all they're Probably. going for. I'm just kidding. You ship who you like. I I ship no one. Watch for other reasons. And yeah, wait, let's get to the let's get to the ratings. Let me see here if I can remember how the buttons work. Here we go. Uh, IO Visual gave a nine. There was some great animation here, um, especially with 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 the. Uh, the flashback, Korra uh, fire bending out of the cage, I really liked, and the electricity. Yeah, really great. Uh, gave that a nine. Oh, and I also had an opening and how they display blood bending. Story, gave a nine. Everything with Amon, his his lore sort of growing, getting the flashbacks, getting to know more about uh, Yakone. Um, Korra's growth, I think, in it really helped out. So that's good a nine. Memorable nine and a half. It was just amazing seeing Team Avatar all grown up. And this is the most we see them growing up. I don't think there's any other besides these flashbacks. I don't think we really. No, that's that's it. This in, is the only time the we ever see. Yeah, in the show where I think really ever that we ever see Team Avatar uh, grown. As as a group, obviously we get some Katara and some Toph, but we get some ancient Toph later on yeah 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 and i mean like adult like yeah. in their prime <laughs> i'm so happy that Toph lives to be just a, like an exotically old age that just seems right to me uh, yeah. that totals up to a beautiful 9.1 it's a hefty score audio visual ditto it's great love the love the artistic style of the flashback scenes and everything um and then good couple of good miniature fight scenes story uh, could I mean you could probably justify a little higher just from the amount of information and twist and craziness that you intake into here. Uh, could probably justify higher if you wanted, but I stuck at nine. Uh, memorable. Uh, I docked it a little bit just because I don't. When I think about this episode, I usually think of the flashback, and maybe not the rest of it. Yeah, you know, not as big, quite as big on the on the teenage romantic drama. And some of the other stuff, but always think of that flashback. Yeah, so just minor doc, uh, one one percentage point of doc or one point of doc, eight point nine. That's pretty hefty stuff. That gives us a nice nine point zero. These are some good episodes. Fantastic, absolutely. We're in a good stretch, which I would say, 
upon this rewatching of Korra that they're pretty much all good episodes, at least season <laughs> one. Um, I'd be interested to go look back when we're done just with season one and see what the worst one is. We probably won't be able to do a bottom five or a top five after season one because not quite. A, I don't know. We can, I guess. What's stopping us? But I'll be intrigued to see what the worst one was and how I really felt about it. That's all I got to say. It's a great episode. You got to watch this one, but don't watch it out of order because it'll get you. <laughs> it will make no sense. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if that was like the main argument of uh, non-core people all along? It's like, listen, I want to be able to watch it out of order and have everything still make perfect sense. That's how I watch my TV. And me personally, I'd be like, I do get that, but don't do it here. That's yeah. that's episode nine. That's out of the past. And there, look, there's grown-up Toph right there, and she's almost as tall as Aang. That's kind of cute. I wonder if that means Aang is short. Good beard, Aang. He looks good as an adult. Yeah, he's and I, pretty tall. He grew up to be taller than Zuko. I I also agree that his uh, that his air scooter, like having the full size, the grown-up air scooter, there's something really charming about that. Like, no, this is still functional. <laughs> it, it's, it's hilarious, and it just it, it maintains function. I'm going to keep using it forever. And then also, it's kind of cool just to think about it. He said he's 40 or he's 42 or whatever. And so all that behind him, all that stuff, that was built in, you know, 30 years, essentially. It's 30 years yeah. of city. That's pretty impressive stuff. So any final thoughts on this episode? Uh, no, great episode. Absolutely. Well, in that case, my name's Sean. That's Chris, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter. This has been Avatar The Last Podcasters. Uh, book one air or legend of Korra. book one air chapter nine out of the past please follow us at last underscore podcasters on all the social medias or on facebook it's facebook.com slash avatar last uh, podcasters we appreciate all your support and we will see you next time take care if i can find wherever the button is here you go all right see you guys later for real this time